When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very you might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I'm doing great-ish. Man, how are you? I'm sure the listener at home can can hear the difference in the voice. Jesse and I have both been under the weather for quite some time, but we wanted to get something out to you guys. So here we are, you know, just braving this, this tough, tough work day here at the finest labs. It's so true. Fury needs to give us strength, but we have been severely under the weather over a week now. No surprise to the patrons because we made a big announcement in the Discord. These are the type of things we do in the Discord community. But I was just completely bedridden, Chris, for a week with COVID. It hit me really hard. And I had not had COVID in a very long time. So maybe that's part of the reason. And you had similar things, but not COVID. Thank goodness. No, no. Just uh, allergies that quickly uh, advanced into a sinus infection. I'm still still working on it. Oh, yeah. I feel for you, man. It's It's been a time. And of course, as these things happen, my child and wife both got COVID. So then it was like, as I was getting better they were getting worse. You know, it's just this cycle of no sleep and no rest. And unfortunately, we we had to take last week off in the podcast, but we are back fully in this, hopefully the throes of things. And you'll, you know, have to forgive our voices today. It's not up to our normal standard. We'd like to be fully well rested to give you the best audio experience. But we do have a lot of things to talk about today, Chris. And, you know, starting with the fact that our last episode, we went over the things we were most excited about with mini extravaganza. The irony of that is mini extravaganza did not happen. It was delayed. But AMG being the wonderful company they are, they still gave us a ton of reveals just without the panels and without the streams. And now we know that mini extravaganza has been rescheduled. And we'll get to that date very soon when we get into our news update. But it's very cool. We're still getting all the stuff that we would have gotten. It's just in a different format because... 
very similar to my current situation at home as I'm still in isolation and all this stuff, several of their employees got COVID and they just made the, I think the very smart and a uh, bigger decision just to cancel many extravaganza because they didn't want to do it as long, as long as they didn't have their full staff. Sure. Nothing wrong with waiting, waiting a little bit to do a, to be able to do and execute many extravaganza uh, as they like to, you know, they like to make splashes and uh, create a lot of buzz on the internet and the Twitter sphere and things with their announcements at many extravaganza. So I wouldn't say I'm happy about the fact that they had to make this decision, right? But I think they made the right one. No, absolutely. And you know, the irony is that happened. We were super bummed about that. And then shortly after that, you and I both got deathly ill. So it was this sort of happenstance for us that was providence in some ways, because we wanted to heavily cover all this stuff as it was coming out. And luckily, none of the streams happened. So in a weird way, we're right there with the AMG staff. We feel for them and we're getting better. And we're really looking forward to the rescheduled date. But I think, Chris, we've just got a lot to talk about today. So I think we just got to get to business and then get to the news update. So let's go. Fury's Finest is supported by Discount Games Inc. Go to discountgamesinc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy our show and would like to support us and join our Discord community, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution. You can get in as low as a dollar a month. That's just $12 a year. You can get to participate in our community. We thank all of our patrons for their support. And this week, we want to send a very special thank you out to patron Andy B. Andy, thank you so much. And as always, we want to send a very, very special thank you to the folks that make this show go. Rusty, Dylan, Nathan C., and Brian. Those are our Avenger-level producers, ladies and gentlemen, and they really power this engine. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. They help us pay our primary bills and keep the show going and keep you and I making content. But, you know, every patron matters. And if you've been thinking about supporting the show, now's a really good time to do it because we have so many things going on in the Discord at all times. We got Dr. D Dylan's painting contest, which season one ends very soon in early July. So you've still got time to get your entry in. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. Make sure to submit your your pre-photo and your four photos or your finished model to furypainting at gmail.com. Get that to Dylan so we can all vote on that. But um, of course, you know, if you're in the Discord, you get to participate in the voting on that. But on top of that, Chris, we get we're in the middle of Secret Wars 3, where we're doing a what if draft style league where every model you choose is affiliated with your original leader you pick, which is just an incredible format and we're gonna have secret wars 4 after this you know there's a lot of things but of course on top of that we've got lots of fun stuff going in the discord at all times that is not related to the the league and not related to the painting competition you know just normal fun marvel christ protocol and more stuff but chris i think with that we've just got to get into our june news update all right it's pretty straightforward starting off our news mini stravaganza was delayed like we talked about at the top of the show but now we actually have the dates. So the dates are July 14th, 15th, and 16th. That is the third weekend in July, which I think is a really good spot to be in because you're not encroaching on American Independence Day or you're maybe not encroaching on that end of summer stuff that a lot of people get into, you know, lots of mm-hmm. trips and stuff mm-hmm. or, you know, back to school early August. So I'm so happy we're still getting it, you know, and I'm still looking forward to that Asgard battle report stream. That's something I'm really looking forward to. You've got high hopes for that. And I think it's going to be pretty cool too. Jesse, let's talk about real quick the thing that kind of caught us all off guard. 
was this uh, little YouTube gimmick they put out. <laughs> this little Hydra versus Shield. That's right. How cool is this? Man, this is super exciting. So this is obviously the big reveal for this mini extravaganza, which is kind of that sort of reveal we got last year at this time, Chris, which was that big out of nowhere spider foes versus web warriors sort of announcement. And yeah, I'm really excited about this. Let's get let's go through this trailer real quick, talk about our excitement. You and I have not talked about this stuff yet, which is very exciting, but the trailer starts off showing a lot of members of the current Cabal team in Marvel Christ Protocol. Notably, we're starting with Crossbones and Baron Zemo, and we immediately go into Viper, Sin, and Taskmaster. And it says, when the Earth is threatened, it needs a shield to protect it. And then we get this new shot of 1940s Captain America with those iconic pirate boots. I talk about those pirate boots all the time, Chris. And he's looking great. And, you know, I think it's very cool to have the classic Captain America armor, costume, pose. But more importantly, I think this trailer speaks to us immediately and says, this Captain America is in part of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then it lays... I, this was what got me the most, was... Uh, throwing in the original Human Torch, the the life model decoy Human Torch, and then Fury and his Howling Commandos, the original Nick Fury with the eye patch. Right. Of course, you've got Sergeant Dugan right there flanking him. Yep, that bowler hat. Very exciting for me. Of course, that plays right into my love of the Ed Brubaker Captain America runs. So, what you recommend to me, and I became a huge fan after reading it. Yeah, so it it, it kind of just, it was made for me in some ways. It was, Chris. And let's touch on real quick, you said that original Human Torch. Now, what I find very cool about this is you're going to have a really fun lore episode when we do this, which would be awesome. Yeah, but man. more importantly, we have the name reveals now of these as we're looking at the boxes here. And his name is the original Human Torch. And I think that's very telling for a lot of reasons. This is not Fantastic Four, Johnny Storm later we're having some discussions right now just by giving this information you know what i mean and this is not even i don't even think this is necessarily a point of speculation this is just a point of differentiation which i find very helpful and very cool we're using the word the original human torch like talking about his actual role in marvel but that's actually the name of the character in mcp and when you play this character top of his name will be original human torch very cool. Uh, it means a lot of cool things for the future. But Chris, I want to talk about this Nick Fury Sr. and the Howling Commandos. We have three models on a medium-sized base that are not grunts. Okay? That's what's cool. Here. Right? I it, it makes you wonder what the threat level is going to be on that card. Oh, gosh, I, yeah. I just can't even begin to speculate. Is it going to be our first two-point leader? I don't know. Well, also, too, like, is this Fury something like a crystal? where he's got multiple different mm. attacks mm -hmm. from different members on this oh, good miniature stand, you know, and does Fury, is Fury more the superpowers and then the other guys, the different attacks? There's a lot of interesting things they could go, but Chris, original Captain America, how cool is this? What if he's S.H.I.E.L.D. affiliated and Avengers affiliated, but he's not a leader for the Avengers like Steve is? Some time shenanigans situations, yeah. Yeah, like you obviously can't play this cap in Steve's team because they have the same alter ego, but you could play this cap in Sam's team, right? Or and Havoc's uh, Unity oh, yeah. Avengers. Whenever that Man. happens, mark my words, it will. Chris is ahead of the I game. Mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to say that so like firmly. What right. I mean is... Will it happen? I don't know, guys. I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. I think these are great questions, Chris. And I think the coolest thing of this is we might have a Captain America that doesn't have a leadership. And that's cool. I'm heavily leaning towards that thought as well. I'm very curious to his kit. I'm very <laughs> curious to his threat level. It's exciting for, you know, 
nerds like us that really dive into the minutia of the game. But I don't know that it's really such a big drop that it's going to catch. If, if this is indeed the big reveal uh, for the weekend, I don't know that it's going to catch on as much as maybe some of the other reveals we've had. This It's kind of a little lackluster yeah, yeah. in comparison. And that's okay. And that's going to happen. Okay. So original Captain America is extremely well known, especially that costume. But I would sure. say this as an overall theme is lesser known than, say, the Sinister Six, Spider-Foes, or the X-Men, right? Or the Brotherhood. It's just a lesser known overall grouping of feel of characters and timelines. And let's face it, two of the boxes are characters you've already got. Yeah, different versions, I guess. Yes. No, they're new, they're new kits, they're new cards. Yeah, it just doesn't... It's not going to bring people in like the X-Men, is, is all I'm saying. And I'm not saying it has to. You can't unveil, release the X-Men every year, you know? So, right. But it does have to be said. Well, and also let's think about too, Chris, the prevalence and power of vision in this game and every team. Mm. What if the human original Human Torch is like a cheaper vision that's like that, you know? Well, I don't know. The life model decoys never really get, did the phasing thing. The, did right. they do the density thing? Well, no, so I, I say cheaper. I mean, maybe a three threat. But yeah, yeah. Like a an Android that people splash over. But we've got to move on to the villains because I find this a very, very interesting and exciting grouping of villains. And first of all, we're going to start with the Red Skull and Hydra Troopers box. That's right. We are getting a new version of Red Skull on a presume looks like larger size base. It looks like a bigger base. And he's got grunts. It, it's very interesting. It, it makes you really wonder about what direction they're headed. Mm. Are, are we working towards Onslaught? Like what's going on? The next box. Really? I know. I come know. on. Baron Strucker. Very cool. Yeah, whatever. Arnim Zola, man. Arnim Zola. Arnim zola this sculpt is cool it's insane he's on a big base he's got the plat it looks like he's got the plastic shielding over the face i don't know it does yeah i wonder how they make that sculpt there yeah that could be an excellent piece of painting that could be clear little visor Mm -hmm. in one of the kits but that sculpt is very cool yeah and i think it's an incredible model in the game right like as in the way he plays i assume chris which is a whole maybe thing. We'll i have no idea but i'm i'm actually very intrigued in a new version of red skull that's potentially not cabal maybe he's a cabal affiliated but he's not a leader of the cabal that's very cool to me that we might have a red skull that is leader of a new team of hydra right something i've liked that's been recently with shield shield needs some more models so i actually think this is a really helpful thing because shield's really good they're nowhere near you know, the caliber of Avengers or something. And I obviously this is buffing up shield, but also this is introducing Hydra. And so my first thought when I saw this is shield has a lot of the same members as Avengers, but they play completely different, right? That's their whole thing. They're the tactic card team. They obviously as fury as their leader. They play very different, even though you're playing Avenger models. Do we now have a Hydra team that plays very different from Cabal, but it uses a lot of the Cabal models, obviously, because they're in this trailer, people like Baron Zemo, Crossbones, Sin, Viper, the list goes on. But what are they like in the Hydra team? And what is this Red Skull leader for the Hydra team that also has grunts in the way of just generic Hydra troopers? It's way more compelling to me than Cabal, and maybe that's just me personally. But I feel like it's going to play very differently from Cabal. It's not going to just be so aggro, and we'll see. I'm I'm actually really excited to see what that looks like. I'm looking forward to the card reveals on specifically Hydra. Yeah. And maybe, you know, Chris, there's we never know with these stuff. Maybe Nick Fury Sr. is the second leader for Shield, right? Like uh, there's there's just 
I have no idea. So we will see, but I'm just very excited about the way the direction this goes. Yes, Baron Strucker and Arnim Zola, not surprises to us when we know going to Hydrowave, but to back up what you said earlier, probably more underwhelming characters for the non-super nerds in the group. But to me, I'm like, I see this and I'm I'm way more interested to play Cabal or Hydra when I see Arnim Zola than like Crossbones or something, right? That's just me personally. I just, I love this type of design of character much more. Well, I'll tell you what I'm excited to play. Oh, and that's Malekith, baby. Okay, so I'm glad you brought this up because this is something <laughs> that's an insane thing, Chris. So this was the big reveal of the weekend, 100%. This is a huge model. It's a large size base. The Prince of the Dark Elves himself. Oh my gosh. He's writing. <laughs> wait, Jesse, wait, before you say have that, you looked Chris. at this? Uh, <laughs> I know you're trying to paint a picture here, but have you seen this? I've seen it. It broke my brain. So here's what I see when I see this, Chris, before we get into <laughs> talking about what it is. I think AMG might have had a meeting that said, how do we meet or outdo Hulkbuster? (laughs) (laughs) Because they'd already set the bar with Hulkbuster, man. Like, how do you? (laughs) I think Jason Aaron paid him off. Yeah, you think so? This is is a great way to generate some sales on that last Thor run, man. So true. So true. The big baddie. Ugh. Paint your picture so I can gush more. Come on. So as Chris has been alluding to, and as I've been alluding to with them trying to meet the power of Hulkbuster, and if not exceeded, I think they might have exceeded it, especially if I could see this in person. Malekith is riding his giant winged white tiger, Chris. And also the base is completely custom and different, just like Hulkbusters. But this is like got ruins of Asgard. It's got shields and swords and signs of battle and fire on it, the base as well. Or is it ruins from uh, Niflheim? Probably even more likely, yeah. That is going to be Niflheim. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say the tiger's too big and they're just going to put him on this rock. You can do that. You can make that choice in your life. I don't know why you would. God, some people (laughs) just live to be upset, man. It's true. It's true, Chris. Because this is life-giving to you. You know, it's just giving with this model. He is crouched on top of this giant tiger's head. And as he's situated between... Mm -hmm. These giant, leathery, unfurled, <laughs> dragon, bat-like, fleshy wings. Perfectly said, Chris. It's incredible. It paints an incredible picture. It is extremely iconic. All of the lines on this model, mm-hmm. almost from any angle, draw your eye to the center of the model, to Malekith on yes. top of this giant white tiger. It is truly one of... Actually, no. It's the best model they've made. I'm planting my flag. No, this it is. is. It's incredible. I don't know how they outdid Hulkbuster. I'm, I'm genuinely in shock, Chris, but they did. And just like you and I gushed about Hulkbuster, because we love getting people into this game, we love making content to get people in this game. I think this model is going to do the exact same thing. It's only going to get people into this game, Chris. It's going to get people into comics. It's crazy. I'm already trying to get you to read Jason Aaron right now. I need no Stop inspiration to read more. <laughs> I need no more inspiration to read more Jason Aaron. because Let me just read it to you. Uh, we'll record it. That'll stuff. be the episode. That's true. Yeah. So they did reveal Chris, even though there was no streams, they did mention very quickly, and it's also on his um, link to this picture in the article, he is a new leader of the Cabal. And I've never played Cabal. It's not been for me. I don't have much interest, but it depends on the leadership. We'll see his kit. He's a leader of Cabal, but he could be affiliated in so many other teams, right? And it's like Hulkbuster, right? Like Hulkbuster, 
you're never really using the leadership unless it's a fringe situation. But obviously, Hulkbuster has his affiliated teams. And obviously, it doesn't really matter if Hulkbuster is affiliated because people splash him everywhere, as they should, because the model is incredible. I think Malekith will be no different, but I think he will have a new version of the Cabal leadership that is different, just like Hulkbuster does with Avengers. I'm very, very anxious to see his kit and to see his threat cost. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to own it either way. I have to have that model. Yeah, just like Hulkbuster, right? We both had to have that model, and we do. And um, it's a crazy thing, Chris. But overall, there might be more to come with mini extravaganza. I would think so. I don't think they're going to have three days of streams without more reveals or classic slip of AMG slip of the tongues, things like that. I agree. But if this is all we got, is if we got these eight models... Like, and then we get more, obviously, at the next mini extravaganza. I'm completely fine with that. Like, this is a lot of models. This is a lot of stuff. And once again, we talk about this on the show all the time, Chris, and I, I, I feel like a broken record when I say this stuff, but you don't have to buy any of this. You know, if this wave's not for you, it's just not for you. And that's okay because I'm assuming the next wave might be for you, right? And that's going to be this game going forward. There's going to be a lot of stuff that's filling out affiliations, that's filling out new teams. Like now we have Shield filled out and we're going to have Hydra as a new team. And there's stuff that just might not speak to your play style, speak to your aesthetics. And that's cool because the game's just getting wider and wider and wider and more diverse. And I think this wave, Chris, like you said, is a good example of that. It's, it's for all the fans of the comics, but even all the fans of the comics you know, OG 1940s Hydra and shield might not be their thing. You know what I mean? That's a good way to look at it. And it's going to be the same way. If fantastic four come out in the future, it's not going to be everybody's thing, but obviously it's a big deal for the people that want it. Right. So like, I think this is a trend we're going to see a lot going forward, especially with more of these fringe eras. And I'm just happy they're willing to do a fringe era, Chris. I'm happy for that as well. That gives me one step closer to my beloved X factor teams. Yeah. New mutants. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, like, admittedly, that that drops not for me. Yep, but we're excited for it in the game. What's going to open up in the game, and it's a very cool time. I'm just happy we got the information we got. And Malekith is just going to be a model I play all the time and splash everywhere because why wouldn't you just want to play this model, the Tiger alone? That's just enough, you know. It's true. Let's also not forget to mention that how done dirty Malekith was in the MCU and how well he's been representing the comics. And I think this is a really cool thing that'll get people maybe to check out more of his story than they just saw in Thor The Dark World, where they kind of wasted Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, and that character, you know. They just wasted the character. They wasted the character entirely, and they wasted the actor they got because one movie, and it's just not enough. So this will open up that door as well, which of course we love on Furious Finest. But Chris, speaking of this sort of Asgard realm, now... We finally have the cards for Heimdall, Scourge, and tactic cards around them. You and I are going to cover those today because I don't think this should become a surprise to the listener, but Asgard is one of my favorite affiliations in the game, but they're obviously one of the smallest rosters, and they've kind of dropped off since they first came out because they have not gotten anything in a really, really long time. That is the truth. So the last time they got something was over a year and a half ago, and that was Angel and Enchantress box, which obviously was a huge boon for them, but was also a boon for everybody, honestly. So Asgard to get a new box of two lower threat characters is a big deal, right? It's a very big deal. They need more lower threat characters to to round this out. And not only that, these are two very interesting lower threat characters with interesting kits. They both have very high potential, I think. Mm. The community mm-hmm. seems to be extremely excited about Heimdall, the all-seeing. Uh, I am less so, but what do I know? Well, we're about to talk about that because I'm really excited about Heimdall too, and I'd love to talk about that less so part. But yeah, just a huge boon for Asgard in general, and I think it's going to breathe a lot of life into a team we don't see very much of, which is saying something because 
we see pretty much all the teams in MCP right now, but I would say Asgard and probably Defenders are two of the teams we see the least of right now. And I'm hoping that's going to change with some additions to those teams. But Chris, let's just get into Heimdall the All-Seeing first. He's a three-threat character. He has a stamina of six on his front side and five on his backside, giving him a total of 11. His defenses are three across the board, like a normal three threat, three, 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 three physical, three energy, and three mystic. And his height is two and his move is medium on a small base. His stats are average, Chris. His stats are average. I mean, it could be more average. He could be five on the front. Thank goodness he isn't because I think that six is really going to help him stay around on that front side before being dazed. But that's not where you're taking him. And I think his stats nope. have to be lined in because I think if his stats start getting buffed up a lot in different ways, like say he's a medium-sized base with a medium move and, and some of these defenses are higher, he's probably just genuinely a problem <laughs> for a three-threat character. Probably. Absolutely. But let's talk about his stuff. Yeah. Chris. Let's move on to his attacks. Uh, he has two attacks. They are both physical. The first is a strike. He will gain power equal to the damage dealt. He's throwing five dice at range two basic strike very basic strike not a bad one by any means no wild triggers no nothing and you got to get pretty close to get that thing off a little scary for a character like heimdall if you ask me the next attack he's got is Horfund. it is a range two strength seven attack it will cost you three power if the attack deals damage after the attack is resolved heimdall may push the target character away medium I do like that <laughs> attack a lot late game, getting things off points, throwing monkey wrenches in the works. Medium. Medium. That's why I like it so much. I'm, You know, it, it does cost three, and he's got a lot of things he can spend power on. He does. A lot. I agree with you on that. It's probably more mid to late game ability, but Chris, you know, they reined in a lot of things with the Lorata last fall, and then one of the biggest things they reined in was size restrictions on pushes. So now when characters have pushes that do not have a size restriction it is a big deal and worth looking at and you know this is a medium okay so we, we know how annoying iron man is with his short push away that's no size restriction obviously got to spend power for this but pushing hulk or even dormammu or something away medium is huge i mean you're going to pay three power for that because keep in mind too those large models you're adding the base size on top of that. Issues abound, honestly. I mean, if you push Hulk with this, he can't get back to you efficiently, right? Because his move is short, right? So like you're you're creating issues. So very strong against those high threat models. Like other than that, it's just a decent spender that like Chris said, you're going to use less often because he has incredible superpowers. And I'm going to start with the first one. I, I do want to point one thing out on that yes. spender before we move on really quick. Because you are essentially paying three power for that movement, yeah, you do have to get damage through. You and do want to stress that it is a range two, so you are getting this pretty fragile character up in it, up in the muck, and you will, there will be times where this will whiff and you will not get that throw. So there is some variance here. I think that, that needs to be made clear or yeah, get that push. Sorry. No, absolutely. Chris. But the good news is, is you don't get to have to get a wild or something, right? It's just damage, which it could be a hair easier in most cases. Usually that's a little bit easier, but yes. But yeah, I mean, it's not like just a hit that that'd be even easier than that. So, um, so notable, but when you're obviously if Heimdall's been flipped or something, you can start around off with this, get people way off your point and then kind of hold your ground and start using your power for uh, your allies. Right make them regret dazing him right and giving him all that power so 
he has four superpowers. Starting off with his first superpower, it is an active superpower called Guardian of the Bifrost. What do you know? Costs three power. Choose this character, Heimdall, or another allied character within range four. Okay. Pretty cool. So he, he sees Lockjaw and he raises you extra range and place it within range two of its current position. A character can be placed by the superpower only once per turn. So keep in mind, Chris, if you do have nine power, you can place three characters with this, but they all have to be different characters. So it's a way to rein it in, not make it OP, but also make it very valuable if Heimdall is fed on power. This is crazy. I mean, this is really helpful for someone like Thor. I mean, I think it's maybe even more helpful for someone like Angela. I know that she moves a lot, but that big base being able to move range two is pretty big and could, you know, potentially move her from out of securing distance to onto right on top of an OBJ. Yeah, you, you're nailing it, Chris. I mean, I think Heimdall is going to be a mainstay in Asgard, but I think more importantly, a big reason he's going to be a mainstay in Asgard, you have to take Thor every game for your leadership. And then you take Angel a lot and he helps them in a lot of ways that they struggle. You know, the ways you beat Angel and Thor are they whiff on dice or they get displaced, right? So spoiler alert, we're about to get into ways that he helps them fix their dice, but also he can reposition them back before they go on their turn and then they get maximum efficiency out of either their actions or their attacks without having to just use a move on a five threat model, you know, like especially Bingo. Thor, who's a small base, right? It's yep. just not great. So let's move into his next power. It is a reactive superpower. It is the all-seeing eyes. It will cost you two power. When an allied character within range three is attacking, defending, or dodging, during the modified die step, Heimdall may use this superpower. The allied character may reroll up to two of its dice. That's very cool. Alternatively, when an allied character within range three rolls dice for a crisis card or team tactic card, Heimdall may use this superpower. The allied character may re-roll up to two of its dice. I love that so much for various pay-to-flips and games of chance for scoring. Yes. Which Asgard already loves, right? Oh, yes. We we know that well. I'm going to point the, some of the obvious things to the listener and us right now as we're here, Chris. We know the power of Shuri's upgrades. Shuri's upgrades is during the modified dice step of an attack or defense, not a dodge. So he gives you better dodge rolls. He gives you spidey sense on your dodge rolls. Awesome. And then he gives it to you on the crises or tactics cards as well. So essentially, he gives you it on every single thing in the game we know thus far. And it's just a super buffed up version of the reason you take Shuri, right? So it's it's very cool. But I think the coolest part, Chris, like you said, is the crisis card. It's the scoring part. It's the scoring part because Asgard already loves pay to flips. They're probably one of the funnest factions for that reason. You like to do pay to flips with them. Shout out Omnis. Shout out to Omnis. That's right. Asgard and X-Men are the pay to flip teams in the game right now and might be for a very long time. And Heimdall helps with those pay to flips even more with teams that are already good at it. But also that means too, Chris, that teams that aren't good at pay to flips, you can maybe splash Heimdall and he can help you out. So there's a lot of interesting things going on with that. I find this, the defense and dodge really helpful because it's, yeah, it's not a brace for impact, but it could save your life, right? From a big throw, right? And then that character still gets to go. So there's a lot of versatility to this. Obviously, it costs two power, which is an appropriate price. You're paying one one for each dice. But the fact that you can use it on everything is a big deal. That's right, Jesse. It is a big deal. But wait, we're not done. 
We're not done. We've got two more superpowers. Just one, really. The next superpower is Forfend. Mm. It's a reactive superpower. It will cost you two power. When an enemy character ends a movement within range two of Heimdall, Heimdall may use this superpower. Immediately make a strike against the enemy character. This superpower can only be used once per turn. And just to clear everything off, he is, of course, has guardian and gains an extra power during the power phase. But for Fend, I have been waiting for this mechanic to hit the game. You have, yeah. I was wondering where we'd get it, and we did. They're using Heimdall's kind of all-seeingness and knowledge of yeah the future or whatever. Whatever ridiculous stuff we'll get into on his lore episode. Can't wait. And I, I think it's great. I love this. I love the idea of Forfend in this game. This kind of reactive attack out of activation attack. My concern with Heimdall is he is far too power hungry to get anywhere near the amount of utility and, and just payoff in his kit that you are just craving when you read it. He's too fragile to get too far up in it. Anyone in a competitive setting is going to immediately hone in on him as soon as he's moved up too far. So he's going to have a problem generating out of power phase power. Right. He's going to have a problem keeping his power because you're going to be given options to use these these reactive powers constantly. Being able to know when to use them, what you're saving that power for, when it's advantageous to maybe spend it because we need we need those rerolls or whatever or the forefend or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. He has an awesome kit. I just very much struggle to see him getting anywhere near the level out of it just based on power generation that you're going to need for this kind of linchpin of a team that he's attempting to be. I mean, he does have gain two power every turn. So, I mean, Forfend no, and all saying I are online something. every turn. Yeah. Every and turn. you could obviously get lucky with Forfend because uh, the coolest thing of it is when characters get low health, Chris, they it's active and false control at the same time. Because what I'm saying is like, say you've got a Black Widow who's got two life left. Does she really want to walk to that secure that Heimdall's on? Because if he's got plenty of power to forfend her and maybe just daze her, you know what sure. I mean? And then gain power and essentially pay for the forfend, right? And he's just back to the power he was at. I find this mechanic so cool. I do too. Probably a big part of his kit, Chris, is knowing when to do this because you're thinking when you use this, you're either going to daze a model or you're going to KO a model or you're going to maybe just get the forfend power back from the strike, right? That's what you're thinking when you, you do You have it. the potential to gain a lot more power. Than of that. course, that's of course, yeah. Attacks are always better than defense. We know in this game, right? But I just find that cool that it's it's a control thing. I know what you mean though with this. Power. It is very good. I'm just I'm just worried that he's a trap. Maybe I think he's going to be essential in Asgard because it's just another three threat character that helps them do all the things they want to do. I could not agree with you more. It, yeah. Not taking him in Asgard is a fool's errand. But I'm talking about this this kind of amazing splash everywhere do it all character mm-hmm. that a lot of a lot of folks are kind of pushing the narrative and look that might end up happening I could be completely wrong but I mean maybe you also could be completely right we did live through this era with Lockjaw there was a there was a sure. huge era of people saying they're going to throw Lockjaw everywhere and honestly I still think you could throw Lockjaw everywhere and be perfectly fine. Shuri and Lockjaw have their roles, right? And they are really good at their roles. Heimdall is Shuri and Lockjaw in a different way. And he's a little bit of just a normal Asgardian three threat, like a Valkyrie in his own way too. So he's kind of this mix. That's his 
power and his downfall, Chris, in a lot of ways, right? Because if you maybe want a niche piece that's uh, only support, you're going to bring that Lockjaw, that Shuri, that Wong, whatever. But Heimdall does a little bit of everything. So that's very helpful for Asgard because he's just a three threat, right? You're going to love that. Now, I hate to state the obvious thing out of the way, but I'm going to state it because I I genuinely have been waking up in the middle of the night thinking about this. Oh, <laughs> it's no. been scaring me because Chris has one giant concern with this character and it's answered by one affiliation. And I think he's going to be in this affiliation for quite a while, Chris. And I think it might it could turn into a problem in the hands of really good players at turn zero. Steve Avengers. Heimdall and oh, Steve Avengers. Oh, you're right. Getting two power a turn, him having forfend and all seeing eye every turn for one power. Now, here's the thing too, Chris. He can forfend on your opponent's turn, right? That's the only time you forfend, right? So forfend, right. it's the same reason you bring Venom and Steve's Avengers. When you're doing so many snacks on the, your enemy's turn, it's a new Steve discount instance, right? So you get a new discount. This could be rough, man. This could be like... Yeah, you're not It could not be wrong. like Guardian of the Bifrost Hulk, turn one, because you have two power, turn one. Three down to two yep. with Steve, and then walk to a point right and and, <laughs> and get your all seeing eye online and stuff. He could be a problem in Steve, and I think he's going to be essential in Asgard. Outside of that, we're going to have to see. You know, he'd probably be a really cool splash in teams like with uh, low threat models and leaders like the Guardians. You know, I also think he's going to be a big part in kind of set piece plays. Oh yeah, that a lot of a lot of players are very fond of. I think he's going to be very kind of kind of big in those as well but i i don't i don't see it like uh, everybody else does though it is a very okay. good model and and steve's avengers that is actually scary it's scary kind of worried about that but <laughs> jesse i think it's time to move on to the next card reveal we got and that is scourge the executioner That's so right. metal dude he's so metal he is also a three threat. He is also six health on the healthy side, five health on the back side for a grand total of 11 health. He is also a size two. He is also a medium move. Unlike Heimdall, he has defense line of four physical, three energy, and two mystical. So yep. same same numbers, just slightly rearranged. That four physical defense is quite nice but he's obviously much weaker to our wizards and stuff. well yeah because enchantress is always in his brain yeah perfect catch chris well i'll i'll read his attacks here because he does have two just like heimdall his first attack is battle axe it's a physical attack range two strength of six on a three threat model crazy power cost of zero this is a gainer not a builder after this attack is resolved scourge gains one power that's how you balance out the six dice yep it has a wild trigger of bleed after the attack is resolved the target character gains bleed so this is a extremely hard hitting strike from a three threat character even harder than valkyrie's strike except it doesn't build as much power as valkyrie's strike i find that very cool moving on he has a spender attack called the executioner it's a physical attack range three it's a little bit more range chris a strength of eight okay now we're up in that danny ran sort of dormammu yeah. range a little bit cost four power if the target character has the bleed special condition this is very similar to drax's card listener at home you may reroll up to two attack dice during this attack so if you give them a bleed from your first attack and then you executioner them it's essentially a 10 dice attack and then as a wild trigger of bleed, after the attack is resolved, the hard character gains the bleed special condition. My bleed team, it's finally here. I would say, this is the bleed, the dream we've talked about. This is the bleed dream, baby. Blade's best friend, potentially. Absolutely. Put him in Blade's team right now. <laughs> I mean, Baron I love Zemo. it. Yeah, yeah our, our bleed team, yeah, it's coming alive. I really like this kit because it is, 
it's weird. I really like it. He's got uh, four superpowers. Love it. Yes, me too. Two of them are innate. The first is an active superpower. It is Storm Giant Strength. It will cost you three. Choose an interactive terrain feature size three or less within range two of Scourge and throw it short. Uh, He can only use this superpower once per turn. Not a great throw, but a throw on a three threat model is always a good thing. Always. And we'll always pay equal cost of size. Yes. Like anyone that goes lower than that obviously is a huge discount but equal cost to size is average you know and i think this throw is really kind of cool from a lore perspective too because if you think about it he's (laughs) charging up in it he's just swinging that battle axe around and then he's gonna find yeah and he's gonna find something to throw you know at at whoever he's at yeah and uh, it's just fun yeah it's very fun his next superpower though is I think I think where where the kid is made. This is a yeah. reactive superpower. This is right hand man. It will cost you two power. When an enemy character within range two of Scourge targets another allied character with an attack, Scourge may use this superpower. Scourge becomes the target of the attack, regardless of range and line of sight. He's just there. He's bodyguarding uh, yeah. with that four physical toughness with. This next superpower, which is innate, is aggressive after an attack targeting Scourge is resolved. If Scourge suffered damage, he may advance short towards the attacking character. So you're going to be able to bodyguard. You're going to be able to get a move off of it towards that attacking character, which is going to hopefully move you closer into range to be able to unleash that battle axe and get a bleed on and maybe unleash that eight dice attack with two re-rolls yeah and closing as kate chris of course he's as guardian during the power phase he gains one additional power so he gets two a turn we've talked about this time and time again you know that's kind of way we didn't frame these characters chris is like yeah heimdall and scourge are a lot of cool things but at the end of the day they're three threat models that gain two power a turn <laughs> you know what i mean like that's that's big in this game that might invalidate everything i said negative towards heimdall honestly true we've talked about danny with this two power right like, yep it's turn, true uh, so yeah. I mean, overall, I really like Scourge's kit. He's a straightforward three threat with some... He's a brawler with a little bit of defensive potential in there. Yeah. I think he's going to be great alongside Blade. I think he's pretty good in a lot of places, uh, honestly. Mm -hmm. Not good enough to warrant maybe breaking affiliation or or risking that, but... Discount Black Dwarf, you know, aggressive Luke Cage. Like these are ways to frame him, you know, in your mind. So if you would be taking a higher price black dwarf or, you know, a Luke Cage that was a little bit more aggressive, these are ways to view him. Now I will mention Chris, while we are here, right hand man is not Steve or Akoya's bodyguard. It is the Luke Cage black dwarf taunt bodyguard. We like to call, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Good clarification. Yeah. So better and worse in a lot of ways. Sure. I say better and worse because the example I gave a long time ago in our Luke Cage discussion, which was if Luke Cage is range two of an enemy Hawkeye and the enemy Hawkeye wants to shoot someone in your back line, Luke Cage just say, no, you have to shoot me instead. The tanky guy in front of your face. So that's what we call it a taunt. So it's like a bodyguard with inverse range. You know what I mean? Steve and Akoya are always by your back line of your team. They're always by the secures or keeping your people alive. Luke Cage black dwarf and now scourge and of course honey badger all have that inverse taunt bodyguard where as long as they're in melee range of you they can choose to make you attack them instead instead of a more valuable target it's why honey badger is so good 
Because like you could be ready to take incredible. out somebody and then you just make them attack her and maybe she accidentally lives, you know, and then she only factors one and stuff. But I think there's a lot of cool synergy here, Chris. Like I think Scourge with Honey Badger is a super cool thing. Giving out bleeds left and right. You've got all these inverse oh, yeah. bodyguards going on. It's very confusing who to attack in priority order. And, and like you said, that aggressive, like that crossbones aggressive is always so strong. The She-Hulk crossbones aggressive thing. It's 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 tricky. It discourages you from pinging them down. It discourages you from range attacks. You can't ping push them away either, right? Black right. Panther, Iron Man, Shuri, these right. characters that are so good at pushing on people off points. Well, they deal damage to you, push you off a point, and then you just walk just back. Short on move right back. Nothing up. ever happened. Nothing ever happened. Yeah. Which is maybe another big thing for Heimdall <laughs> and his spender. Am I talking myself into him after trying to hot take myself out? Yeah. <laughs> classic i mean i'm just biased because it's heimdall and i love the character in the comics and then i idris just love, rules, I love idris dude. idris just rules in every facet of life and yeah him playing heimdall he brought a whole new life to that character but yeah scourge is more basic and that's nothing wrong with that he's really good at his job you know we've talked about this in this game a lot chris like we've talked about these workhorses three threats a lot they're really good at their jobs he's one of those characters you know what i mean like there's a reason we have as many three threats as we do in the game. Cause now it's like, pick your flavor, pick what's more you, you know, and he's incredibly thematic to the character, Chris and talking about incredibly thematic things. Heimdall and scourge come with two cards and they're both scourge cards. What a transition. What a pro. Thank you, Chris. I'm going to talk about his first card because it's a little bit simpler and it's an iconic moment in Scourge's storyline that we all know. <laughs> this card is awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome. I wish I could see the back like more of the art. I know, man. But it's him standing in front of a whole weapons room. Weapons of Midgard. It has an attack at the top, which we'll get to in a minute. It's an unaffiliated active card. During Scourge, the Executioner's activation, he may spend two power to play this card. Scourge, the Executioner, may use this attack listed above once this activation it gives him the attack destroy his two m16s physical attack it's a beam four and a strength of five and a power cost of zero he gets to be vision for a turn chris essentially you know with a with a physical version of vision so rad he, he's just shooting his two m16s holding the line like he does you know is this in your 10 maybe probably if you're playing scourge doesn't make your five all the time. Okay, probably not. But you're playing that demons downtown. Oh man, let's go. Heck let's go. yeah, man. Like this isn't a huge attack. It's just five dice and a beam four. But like, it's more about the action economy. We talked about this so much in this game, Chris. It's more just about I got it, this over four characters. It doesn't matter what the dice do necessarily on a character that wants to attack. Right? I netted so many actions that I shouldn't have been given. You know what I mean? With this beam attack and. This is one of the cooler beam attacks in the game because all these beam attacks have been these big mystic or like energy sort of focused power things firing blindly. (laughs) (laughs) This is just a guy losing his marbles. Hey, man, he's holding the line. He's keeping the gates of hell back or, or, you know, like it's different in every story. We're not mad at him. Iconic moment in the Thor Ragnarok film as well. D and Stroy. But Chris, (laughs) let's talk about the second card. The second card is meet my executioner and as you might have guessed this is going to be a little bit of a thematic card it is unaffiliated it is reactive when another allied character would suffer a collision enchantress may spend two power to play this card place an allied scourge the executioner within range one of the character suffering a collision scourge the executioner suffers the collision instead 
during this collision, if Scourge the Executioner would suffer damage, reduce the amount he suffered by one. Wow. This is a lot crazy. of shenanigans being uh, kind of theory crafted about this one already. So we've talked about one of the best cards in the game. It's called Heroes for Hire. This is not Heroes for Hire, but it's the way I'm going to frame this thought idea, Chris. So Heroes for Hire, we've talked about why it's so good. It's so good because you get to teleport up to the ally being attacked with Cage or Danny. You get to throw them away. You kind of get ready for your next turn because you took some damage that you were fine taking, you know, and then you go in your turn and you get that Iron Fist ready or you got that Sweet Christmas ready or something. This is even weirder because <laughs> there's no range restriction on it whatsoever. This is a mothership for Scourge. This is a asteroid M for Scourge in a weird way. You and know, so many Asgardians can throw things. Yeah, no, I know. I you can you can self trigger. You are right, but I mean, also like this is a weird second copy of Brace for Impact in your deck, kind of. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> some Magneto tech. Enchantress has to pay two, which is super weird. So Enchantress is kind of like watching your whole team. Someone gets thrown into something, someone else on your team. Let's not even Somewhere. say it's Enchantress or Scourge. Let's say it's your Thor, and he's kind of low on health. Well, Enchantress pays two. Doesn't matter where she is, no range restriction. And now Scourge teleports across the map to Thor, takes the collision on himself, and he's got a lizard baked in reduction on top of this collision, on top of already rolling four dice. This is great, Chris. It's like, it's a weird, like I said, Heroes for Hire, Lethal Protector, but it's only against throws, but it's also like an Asteroid M teleport. It's a very weird card, and I love it. And I think it's probably the card you're going to take more out of the two of these, unfortunately, for Destroy. But wow, very cool. And they're really trying to get us to play Enchantress and Scourge together, keep that theme alive. It's fine with me. Yeah. And, you know, I know the MCU made it hella, but it actually is Enchantress in the comics. And, there's a lot of things happening here, and this is super cool. And I'm really excited to see how this plays out in the game because it's neat. It's neat to see Asgard get some more named character cards because they don't really have them. Well, and it's also going to be really neat to see how these new kits and new additions change the Asgard affiliation. We've had the Asgard affiliation for so mm. long now that point, you know we yeah. kind of we kind of feel like we know exactly what it can do, where it fits. It's kind of all laid out for you. Sure, and that's that's done. That's going to change. They're going to be different configurations, Mm -hmm. different extracts, different secures that that different configurations are going to work better in. Heimdall's going to change the way things go a lot, I think. So, yeah. He is, yeah. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see some results and, and follow these on the table. You know, you gave your take on Heimdall. Here's my take on Scourge, Chris. And the thing you just said, I think these two cards, we're going to see more in Scourge and out of Asgard teams, especially. And Mm. I think we're going to see this probably a lot with Scourge and Enchantress and Cabal or something. Enchantress is Cabal. Yeah. And it makes me feel like Scourge could potentially be Cabal. But even if he's not Cabal, if he's splashed in, this Meet My Executioner card, perfect tech piece for Cabal. Get some more throws, right? And Heimdall's just perfect for Asgard. And, you know, I, and, and they can be interchanged in different ways, depending on your play style. And I find that very cool. But like you said, just adding these two models opens up the faction immensely, but it's also going to open the game in different ways. Like it always does, because we just got two new three threats <laughs> that in three threats are the workhorses and the lifeblood of this game that are everywhere. So we're just going to see these characters and people are going to have fun with them. That's, that's the state we're going to be in very soon when they come out. And I cannot wait because, you know, these are both really fun characters that are good at what they do. And I think that's really all we could ask for, right? 
Well said. So, Chris, I think the listeners know you'll be playing Scourge and I'll be playing Heimdall, and we'll come back with our findings. <laughs> I'm going to make that. Uh, yeah, the bleed team is going to happen, man. I'm going to start kind of. Yeah, bleed the dream. It. Yep. Let's do it. Midnight Suns with Scourge. Yeah. And uh, Craven. We've already talked about how good Craven is, and we like playing him in Midnight Suns. Let's just make it happen. But yeah, I'll be playing Heimdall in a lot of places, but of course, I'll be playing him in Asgard the most. But I, I do think he probably has a place in these Guardians of the Galaxy teams and stuff as well. And of course, Steve Avengers, but I don't want to be that guy yet. I mean, it'll happen whether you do it or not. The irony is I like Heimdall so much, I would be more likely to play Steve with Heimdall. You know, it's, it's like playing Venom and Steve's team. It's just it's hey. more Venom time. It's really fun. Venom and Heimdall seem like they might work pretty well together as well. Good point, Chris. Trying to ruin anybody's day, but but there it is. There it is out in the world. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Follow the show on social media. It really helps us out. Find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, or collaborations and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. Spotify listeners, we see you. We know that they added that recently and it really means a lot to us that you're actually getting out there and leaving us Spotify reviews because you've never had the option before and it really means a lot to us yes thank you thank you and also thanks to approaching nirvana for our show's music and like jesse said guys it helps us so much constantly humbles us and constantly keeps us striving to do better and improve so if you keep it up we will i promise absolutely of course, you can find Chris and I on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken. That's just J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Chris, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. It's draft week. It goes on and it's, on. It's No, this is a big week. It's a very big week. Yeah, it's a big one. All that build up to now. That's right. Ooh, ooh, the direction of the franchise, Jesse. For the oh, next man. maybe eight years. Okay. It's a big deal. crazy way to frame it. Yeah, that is big a big deal. deal. We hope you guys enjoyed this this news episode. It's a little bit lighter than normal because, of course, we recently did a news episode and we kind of caught up on everything, but they gave us a lot with Mini Stravaganza. There's a lot to percolate and think about. I still dream about that White Tiger every night. Mm. Heimdall, I'm going to start playing him very soon on the table. You know, there's so many fun things happening in the game, Chris, but, you know, we will cover Mini Stravaganza in the coming weeks when it happens. Of course, we also have a lot of fun things on the primary episodes planned. And of course, our MCU content that has been pushed back because of all the news. We're not forgetting it. We're getting to it. It's a very exciting time for the MCU as well. And we want to cover that. But I think that's it for this week, Chris. I've got one thing I got to say before we we hit them with that catchphrase. Miss Marvel on Disney Plus is good. It is good. I'm not kidding. Well, turns out you cast in a, an incredible person who's really passionate about the characters and they get a really creative group to do a different style for a show like this and it works and it's written so respectfully and mm. and it's seriously it's not writ it it's kind of framed like those old disney channel shows like that's so raven right, right, like in its right. advertisements and things but there's actually not just decent acting in this show good acting and the mm. scripts are good and they make sense and nothing against that. So Raven, I'm sure somebody out there that listening that likes it or, or liked it or grew up on it or whatever. And that's awesome. Hey man, even Stevens. Exactly, man. I've got those I like shows myself. Stevens. 
I watched The Tick religiously. It's I'm not casting shade on anyone. But yeah, man, it's a good show. And I think people should check it out. Yeah, you're saying it's cool to see really competent writers and acting in that more traditional Disney Channel format, you know, and, and execute something for those kids. And in that kind of YA space, yeah, that that young adult space, that YA space. We all yeah. we all know that sometimes why like young adult novels end up being the best, man. It's it's okay. Sometimes they make a lot of money. That's very true, Chris, and they do very well. Good recommendation, Chris. And we're gonna obviously cover our MCU content soon. I'm still dying to talk about Multiverse of Madness. Dying to talk <laughs> about it. There's just things that have come up that have been really important for the feed and really important for Marvel Christ Protocol that's delayed us. But also, we wanted all of you to see it. You know, give you ample time to see it before we dive really deep in the spoilers and stuff. Because I mean, Chris, if we're doing a super deep dive review on Eternals, I can bet you we're gonna do one on Doctor Strange too. I'm a little bit more excited about Doctor Strange too than I was Eternals for all the reasons. Yeah, I mean. Me too. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to rewatch it. It's going to be a really rewatchable film, absolutely, and we'll get agree into that in our review. So, but thanks for listening, guys. It's been a really fun June news roundup, and stay tuned as we return to this very shortly when they return with more AMG news from Mini Stravaganza, and we will cover it on the show and keep you in the loop. But until next time, thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 